lovers, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to put ham on it. Ham is awful. <laughs> ham is the worst meat. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Bacon? We love bacon. But ham? Trash. You know how, like, you have a ham around Christmas? Mm-hmm. Ham around Christmas is bad. I don't need. Okay, I kind of like turkey, mm-hmm. but I just don't like ham. I don't know why anybody would like ham. Ham is, why would anyone want to buy like honey sweet meat, you know, because some hams taste like that and that's gross, dude, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I can like Mm -hmm. sometimes do turkey, I guess. Mm -hmm. I can sometimes, but I I just hate ham. My dad hates turkey and it upsets me. Yeah, that's, mm. yeah, and he'll get like really mad because he'll like never do anything for Thanksgiving. He'll just kind of like hang out. He -hmm. listens to this song called Alice's Restaurant. It's Mm -hmm. like a 27 minute song. And the whole song is actually like a protest song that they made for the Vietnam War okay. around Thanksgiving. You should listen to it. It's honestly a pretty funny story. <laughs> a pretty funny story. <laughs> so I think you should look it up sometime. It's pretty hilarious. Uh-huh. But that's just yeah. me. I just started recording. So we got that. Oh, well, this is good. Yep. What a wonderful time. Uh-huh. I feel like my voice sounds like trash. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't like this. This is bad. Um, okay. Yeah, we're finally back. It's been a while since a we've done minute. an episode because our winter break schedules just didn't match up, didn't work out. It so now like I'm back in school. It's no longer winter break, but... Um, we have our review of Rise of Skywalker. Finally, we're going to talk about some more Star Wars stuff. And we're in the middle of ordering a pizza because we have a lot of things we want to talk about. This is going to be a long day. And we're not going to have ham on it if it's a meat lover's pizza. Because <laughs> ham is bad. Mm-hmm. So now I just got to figure it out. Got to make sure it's taken care of. Mm-hmm. We're going to put normal sauce on it. Yeah. So why don't we just jump right into like re- the review of uh skywalker real quick like yes. the whole plot summary you know yeah so is that gonna be me or you you can do it okay because i'm ordering the pizza plot summary okay it's been a while since i've watched it but i did watch it twice okay. basically the important things to note um spoilers by the way <laughs> yeah spoilers guys <laughs> so if you haven't watched rise of skywalker um Maybe hold off for, on listening to this episode and come back after you've watched yeah, it. Yeah, I'd recommend that as well. Yeah. That would be a pretty good idea. Uh-huh. So, the important things that came out of it were um, Kylo Ren discovered that Palpatine was still alive on the Sith planet Exegol. Um, the Knights of Ren became, like, more involved in the plot and the story. Um... Ray and Kylo Ren still have their force connection and it's so powerful that they can like transfer physical objects through it and fight like lightsaber duel through their force bond. We've all seen the memes. Pretty cool. Yeah. And um we discover that Ray is in fact uh Palpatine's granddaughter and that is why she is so strong in the force and since She's from the Palpatine family line, and Kylo Ren is from the Skywalker family line. The two of them are a dyad in the Force. They're yin and yang of each other, and that's why they have such a strong Force connection. Um, There's a lot of really good epic battles. They introduced 
two more female characters to kind of like <laughs> attack on the um, storm pilot ship. Yeah. Finpo. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't for Finpo, but now I am. And honestly, I'm getting really upset about it because oh, in the it... first episode, you know, I went and rewatched it. I was super hip with it, yeah. you know? And then in the second episode, he gives them like the jacket and stuff, right? Or is that at the end it, of the first it's one? first. Okay. Yeah, he gives them the jacket and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's like wholesome. I'm like, they're bros, man. Mm-hmm. They're good bros. But it's like I progressed and like watched. And I was like, Mm-hmm. I think there might be a little bit more going on here. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I really liked because one of the female, uh, one of the new female members of the cast actually is kind of the same as Finn. Uh, yeah. She was she a She's pretty cool. And I thought that was really cool because you find out that it's not just her that was a stormtrooper, it's a whole like group of people mm-hmm. that were stormtroopers. And I thought that was really cool because you always get to see like a good redemption story. You know, I like seeing stuff like that mm-hmm. and seeing how these some of these stormtroopers commit like heinous war crimes mm-hmm. and for them to know that this was wrong and for all of them to leave. I thought that was really cool because if I remember correctly in the movie, um, they all decided that what was going on was like a wrong thing yeah, and, then they, and they all, all decided to leave, you yeah. know. I thought that was a really cool thing because you don't often get to see that with a lot of the stormtroopers, you know, in the first original movies, we, a lot of us see stormtroopers as just like mindless, you know, we're going to do the thing and we're going to do the thing wrong, but we're going to try, you know, I really liked seeing a little bit more in depth about the stormtroopers. And that was one of the big reasons that I also really liked uh, the storyline for Star Wars Battlefront 2, the new ones, not the old ones. Even though the old Star Wars battlefronts are superior. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you were going to say something. <laughs> oh, uh, like speaking of Finn Poe, Storm Pilot, and their female counterparts that were introduced in this, how come Rose was like ignored the entire movie? Like <laughs> she was introduced to be Finn's love interest, and like they just kind of were like, yeah, yeah, we we're going to abandon ship on this. <laughs> yeah, you like, know, no pun intended, but like. <laughs> That's genuinely what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Like, a lot of people hated Rose. And I get where they're coming from. She was a little bit annoying. But, like, I also thought she was cute. And I thought that, like, if they wanted to, like, continue that relationship, even if it was platonic, <laughs> like, would have been cute. Yeah. I would have rooted for it. But, like, they were just like, nah. Yeah, like, we're going to give her, like, barely the like, screen where did she go? She was actually a developed, like, character, interesting, had <laughs> motives, and, like, the new girls that they introduced is like, where'd you come from? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, a little, like, quick debate. Who do you think the fan base hated more, Jar Jar or Rose? Oh. That's, like, <sighs> really honestly difficult, because, yeah. like, you're on Jar Jar was, like, a... I don't know, because, like, dude, as a little kid seeing Jar Jar, I was, like, I like him. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is a great guy. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching Phantom Menace whenever I was a lot younger for the first time mm-hmm. with my dad. And I love Jar Jar Binks. He was like my favorite. Matter of fact, I had like a little three foot replica of Jar Jar Binks oh my in my gosh. room. I really did like him a lot, you know. And as I got like older and as I like got like, I became a Star Wars connoisseur. Mm-hmm. I learned that like, I was like, I don't know, maybe he wasn't necessary. But I still think that... I don't know. For the younger audience, I feel like Jar Jar was kind of just like, he was pretty good for it, you know? Yeah. Because like, the younger audience now has like B- BB-8? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I keep getting confused because another great Star Wars thing that Eliza's now into is Fallen Order. <laughs> and 
his name is BD1. BD1, yeah. and so I always get those confused. But with Rose, on the other hand, with Rose, she's just kind of like, she's she's like really fangirly about Finn at first. She's like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're Finn. And then she's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to taste you. <laughs> so I was like, this is a good thing. But it's cute that she's like, um, she's passionate about the resistance. She's there doing her part, but she's also not a hero. So we get to see like a regular person because she's yeah. just behind the scenes the whole time. She hears the rumors about the heroes that are fighting on the front lines. And then her sister, of course, yeah. fights and dies. And so she's like, okay, like I'm fighting for the resistance. These are cool things that are happening. Also sucky things that are happening. Yeah. Now I'm face to face with this hero that's done all these amazing things for the resistance. Like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> can we just acknowledge like how much Finn truly cares for Ray though? Because I've always thought that was really wholesome. And at first, whenever I initially watched the first episode, I was honestly, like, really for Finn and Ray. I really was. Because, like... (laughs) I was! (laughs) I was so for it because I was like, dang, Finn is, like, a really loyal person, you know? Because, you know, 90% of his dialogues in the movie is... (laughs) You get to see that so much, just... Viciously screaming Ray, and at the end of episode one, he's like, Oh, I don't know how to disable anything. I'm just here for Ray. <laughs> you know, and on solo's like, um, what? <laughs> Why are you this way? <laughs> and I really like that about Finn because he was such a loyal friend. Mm-hmm. But he kind of does become that way with like Poe too, you know? Yeah. I really like that about him. It I think Finn as a character was pretty good. And I, I just I was really for Ray and Finn because of that, mm-hmm. you know, because he was just such a loyal person to Ray and he was so loyal to everybody, you know. And here's the thing, right? Because you said you like a good redemption story. Yes. Well, why can't the whole little redemption thing happen with Ray instead of Kylo or Ben Swulo? Hmm? What would you be redeemed for? Well, you get to see because he was also someone who was in the First Order. You know, he had committed heinous war crimes. And yeah, he did leave and do all that stuff. But he's kind of in the same boat, at least for me. Like, can you really come back from all that stuff you committed? Like, think about Kylo. And you've been saying something recently. And it's like, the only problem with Kylo is like insecurities, you know? Finn doesn't have those insecurities, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's one of the other reasons why I was also kind of for... Ray and Finn. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think... But why is Kylo okay? And why is Finn, like... Why is why is Kylo and Finn not in the same boat? Because Finn made that choice in the beginning. Okay. You and know? Kylo was, like, really still struggling with yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because, like... I, I'm not sure if this is entirely correct, but it make it look like... That beginning battle with Finn was his first time, like, out there. Yeah, maybe we and then have he to was find like, out about that. Hang on, like, now that this is real and it's not just training, I can't do it. You know, yeah, that's a good And so, like, too. it never was in him to do anything evil. Yeah. You know, one thing that did, and this was one thing that bothered me a little bit with the last episode, was it wasn't, like, said that Faye was, that Faye, that <laughs> Finn was Force-sensitive. Yeah. You know, and I had a lot of confusion about it because he, you get to see that part whenever they're in the caves and mm-hmm. she's just like, hey, Snake, settle down. Yeah. Let me heal you. And the healing is a whole other thing in itself that we need to talk yes, about. Yes, we'll get back to that. <clears throat> but 
it really bothered me because he was like, Ray, I have to tell you something. And literally, I could barely follow what was going on. And the idea that Finn was force sensitive <laughs> didn't even come across in my head. Maybe that's just me being like a poor viewer. But whenever you were first initially watching it, did, did, did you assume it was that? Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely the way they like set it up and phrased it. And like they're, they think that they're about to die because they're sinking into quicksand. Yeah. Um, it definitely does sound like he's going to like confess something to her like confesses yeah. love or whatever just the way it was executed but like i can see how that was what he wanted to tell her as well for me as a fan and you guys if you know if you guys can tell us in the comments what you thought about that mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the beginning of that part of the movie whenever he was like oh ray i need to tell you something what did you guys think he was going to say because me as a viewer of the movie i didn't think that at all matter of fact i had to go and I had to like look up what he wanted to tell her. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was difficult for me and was kind of a curveball, you know? Yeah. Uh, on the other topic of the force healing thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Wait, can we come back to that? Okay. okay. Um, let's continue with what like the rest of the plot entails. Okay. okay. So yeah, we have this um, part of the plot where Ray is um, looking for a wayfinder that will take that will take her to the Sith planet Exegol. It takes them to another desert planet. They do sink into quicksand, and it, they end up in a cave. There's a big, scary snake, and Rey doesn't fight the snake. She heals it instead, and the snake allows them to pass. Um, and that's the first time we get to see the Force heal actually being used. Uh, the story progresses. She's still hunting for the way the Sith Wayfinder. She has to find it in the ruins of the Death Star on Endor. And then she faces Kylo Ren, stabs him, and then, like, they sense Leia dying, and it kind of just, like, sh- wait, is a wake-up call to both of them. They're just like, ah, crap. Like, <laughs> what <laughs> just happened? <laughs> so then um, Rey heals Kylo Ren, and then Kylo Ren is even more conflicted about what's going on because he is fully believe he fully believes that Rey is going to come to Exegol with him and like rule the dark side and rule the galaxy with him. But then he sees like the goodness in her and like thinks about his mother and then thinks about his father because he gets to like have this like memory of Han Solo. I, I don't think it's actually a force ghost. It's it's more because um, it is set up where you kind of are like, wait, is Han Solo a Force ghost? But he's not blue. Yeah. <laughs> and it's more of like internal reflection for Kylo Ren, I think. I would agree. I, I completely agree mm-hmm. with that because, you know, <clears throat> in canon, in order to become a Force ghost, you have to go through this very large process. If some of you have seen Clone Wars, they touch upon this in Clone Wars, and you get to see Yoda go through the process that he has to do in order to become a Force ghost, in mm-hmm. order to talk with other Force ghosts. Mm-hmm. You get to see this happen. Luke also does go through it. Obi-Wan had to go through it. Gwygon Jin in Episode 1, Obi-Wan's original master. I'm assuming Leia first. went through it too, given, the, given yeah, the ending. Yeah, given the ending, yeah, I would assume she went through it too, going mm-hmm. through that process. So I don't think, yeah, I agree with you with that, with him mm-hmm. probably not being a Force ghost, just yeah. kind of being... An internal conflict sort of thing. Yeah. 
And so then uh, Kylo Ren ends up deciding to abandon the name Kylo Ren, become Ben Solo again. Ben Solo. He chucks his lightsaber into the ocean. It was a good throw. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he would have kept it, though, and it could have been yeah. green. Oh, that would have been cool I if know. he had, like, um, like purified the kyber crystal or whatever. Yeah, or, like, maybe it would have been, like, white, kind of like a soda mm-hmm. in Rebels. Yeah. That would have been so dope. Oh, yeah. my God. That would have been really cool. But then but it was also get very... the scene. Yeah. The scene. Yes, yes. Oh okay. So uh Ray figures out how to get she steals uh Kylo Ren's Wayfinder and heads off to Exegol to go and face Palpatine. And um the she shows the resistance how to get there so they can take down the first order and take down the new fleet of Star Destroyer dreadnoughts that have planet destroying weapons on yeah. them for some reason <laughs> for some reason they all have this where they got the resources i don't know, I don't know. who in, who invested in this i want to but learn more about visually, how it that works. was so cool to yeah. see and all then, like, the they star destroyers like, in line just like wow yeah, like, that, was that really is intense neat, awesome looking because like it is one thing to have the death star that can destroy planets then you've got star killer base which is basically Death Star 2.0. On crack. Yeah. But to have that technology on a smaller ship that can go out anywhere, and you've got this enormous fleet of them, that's insane. That's terrifying. Like, I think if I was somebody who just lived in the galaxy and learned about this, I'd be like, oh, dang. Yeah, like, world end. (laughs) This is a bummer. (laughs) Like, okay, First Order wins. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is like, but in that whole like scene whenever they're on Exegol, can we just talk about the base boost lightning thing that Palpatine <laughs> did? Because in the movie, it's just, if you were sitting in the theater, it was just like this loud bass and then lightning shooting up, hitting all the ships. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then I thought for a second, I was like, Last time he was laughing and shooting force lightning, he got yeeted off of something. Mm. So I don't think this is going to end well for him, but mm-hmm. we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, Ray goes and faces Palpatine. Um, Palpatine wants her to strike him down like he always does. Strike me down. <laughs> but he says that um, he is all of the Sith. So if she strikes him down, he will become a part of her and she will become all of the Sith and then she will become the new ruler of the dark side. She will be the new empress and that way Palpatine will be able to live on in her. And that's always kind of been his game plan to like live forever, always be emperor, always be ruler. So it makes sense for that. Um, Rey was able to lead the way for the resistance to come and so there attacking the First Order fleet on Exegol. Ben Solo follows Rey to Exegol and goes to help her fight. He runs in with only a blaster. Yeah, it's amazing. that was pretty cool. It's amazing. It's, I hope some of uh, you have seen the edit, but it's like, I need a hero! Yes! Um, that edit's pretty good. <laughs> and then um, Rey takes out her lightsaber and she's about to face... She's about to uh, strike down Palpatine, but then she puts, then she senses that Ben is there, puts the lightsaber behind her back and passes it to him with their force connection. So then he's able to take down all the Knights of Ren and they're fighting together. It's amazing. 
There are so many good edits of that scene, too. My yes. favorite one that I've seen on TikTok, at least, is it's this mother and her son's, like, misbehaving. And this mother gets, like, flashbacks to whatever her mom and grandma were, like, hitting her with belts and chocolates. <laughs> and the little kid's misbehaving. <laughs> and the grandma and the mom sense that their daughter's going through this. And they put the belt and the chocolate behind her. And she pulls out the belt and the chocolate and starts to beat her kid. <laughs> And I'm pretty hip with it. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be me whenever I'm a parent. My dad's going to pass me the belt. My mom's going to pass me the spatula. And my kid's going to behave. But that scene is... It's very beautifully done. It is. You know, all joking aside, that scene is going to be a very big cultural icon for a while. Yeah. It's going to be something that's just always going to be in pop culture, you know? Mm -hmm. Almost kind of like... In my opinion, that is the sequel version of the Darth Vader, I am your father. Mm -hmm. No! Mm -hmm. That's always going to be one of those scenes, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, in my opinion, that's also the equivalent to the prequel versions of, uh, it's over, Anakin! I have the high (laughs) ground! (sighs) You know, on the whole Rey being a Palpatine thing, I really did like that, you know? Yes. Me too. But I really would have loved like, her being a totally... Kenobi. Oh yeah, that too. That would have been awesome, you know? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I was rooting for her being confusing. a Kenobi, so like her being a Palpatine wasn't even like on my radar, so it was like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah, like, it, I it actually got admit, me surprised, but was... I was like, wait, it still does make sense. Like <laughs> Let's talk about something real quick. <laughs> Who in their right mind would be like, you know what? I think I want to reproduce with Palpatine, who I don't understand. Can we... Listen, Disney, I need to know how this happened. I have so many questions. Did Palpatine clone himself and was like, yes, I have an offspring finally. This is great. (laughs) You know, or was he just like chilling on Coruscant one day and he's like, hmm. This woman seems like she's awful. I'm going to become friends with her. What happened? Or like the meme that I sent you. Can we put it in the description? I can try. If we can, that would be awesome. We'll we'll try. But (laughs) we'll recap. If anyone played Star Wars on the Xbox Connect, they had a Just Dance sort of thing on there. And you could pull A as Palpatine. So we all know it's canon that Palpatine can truly bust a move. So we know that. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he was chilling on Cloud City one day and he was like, mm, I got good dance moves. And some woman on Cloud City was like, ooh, dang, she Palpatine, that guy? That guy's that guy's lit. I gotta go and be like, hey, Palpatine, uh, when we gonna kick it, baby? <laughs> What happened? <laughs> that is my biggest question. I don't want to know about Yoda's race. I want to know who is Palpatine's wife or girlfriend or I don't know, friends with benefits. Who was this? Who's Ray's grandma? That's what I want to know. I have so many questions. It's great and all <laughs> that, you know, he, It's great knowing that her parents were kind of, like, important people in the galaxy because they said they were nobodies. Yeah. 
But I wouldn't say if there were nobodies, if you're related to the emperor, I don't think that makes you a nobody. Yeah, for sure. You know, and so that does kind of bother me a bit as well. But maybe they were considered nobodies because they still had to be like on the run, both from Palpatine and from probably the resistance. And there yeah. too, because if you're related to the emperor, then obviously like a lot of people are going to be against you. Yeah. You know, so I can kind of see where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. I would like to learn more about them someday. Mm-hmm. I, it would be really cool because I, I'd want to find out like, was it, did Palpatine have a daughter? Or did he have a son? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'd want to learn if he was force sensitive and, you know, if he was as powerful as Palpatine somehow, mm-hmm. I, I want to know about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it sucks that I might not be able to find out. It would be really cool if I could. Mm-hmm. Um. So continuing with the uh, oh. plot, since uh, we still have, oh, is the pizza here? The pizza's the here. The pizza's here. The pizza's here. <laughs> Let's finish like what happens in the movie. So they fight Palpatine. Uh, Kylo Ren gets shoved off a cliff. Uh, I think yeeted would be a good term. Okay. <laughs> um, Palpatine like sucks out their life force or whatever and yeah. becomes like stronger again. Um, Ray picks up the other lightsaber and she's using both Luke and Leia's lightsabers and she's fighting Palpatine. She like has all the Jedi, like, supporting her and hears all their voices, and Palpatine's like, I'm all the Sith, and she's like, I'm all the Jedi, and then she, like, reflects the, uh, lightning back at him and destroys him, and then um, the Resistance eventually, like, defeats the, um, enormous fleet of Star Destroyers, yeah. (laughs) And I'm Iron Man. (laughs) I'm inevitable, <laughs> and I'm the Jedi. <laughs> I am the Sith. <laughs> Can we just acknowledge that? <laughs> because that is something that really ticked me off, because whenever I was in the theater with my sister, I looked over to her, and I was like, and I'm Iron Man. <laughs> and I snapped. Everyone looked at me, and I was like, oh, wow, this is bad. <laughs> But that was something that did kind of tick me off. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, well, literally as soon as I heard the, and I'm, I was like, okay, I know yeah. what's going to be said. Because mm-hmm. he was like, I'm the Sith. I was like, yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah. I know what's about to happen. But, so basically that takes everything out of Rey to like use all that force energy and like reflect it back at him. So she dies. Like she straight up dies right there. Yeah. I was appalled. I was like, Wow. They really did that. Like, in the theater, I was just like, they just killed her. <laughs> they actually did that. No. <laughs> I was just like, huh. Wow. This is not good. Yeah. And then you see Ben climb back up the cliff. You see his hand. Right when they, you saw his hand, I knew it was going to happen. I was just like, no. <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> he climbs up. He limps over to her, sees that she's dead, holds his dead, holds her dead body, <laughs> and heals her, brings her back to life, but in doing so, gives her his life force. They kiss, he dies. 
you know, one thing that I do want to talk about in that scene was like the only time in the entire like three movies we ever saw him smile exactly. was in that scene too. Exactly. It, that's what broke me. You that's know, what I broke thought that me. was very wholesome. And you know, you touched upon something whenever we were talking last, and um, it was really cool what you said. And it was like Ray was kind of like the only light that he kind of had. You know, mm-hmm. he was the only she was the only person that like brought him some like sense of like joy and peace because he was so insecure about himself. Mm -hmm. I like how you use the word insecure to describe him because he kind of was, you know, that whole scene in episode one, it gets memed, not in episode one, but in episode seven, Mm -hmm. whenever he's destroying everything (laughs) on the ship and screaming. Yeah. I love the edit. It has like emo kid music in the background. Yeah. Crawling in my skin. (laughs) That really describes his problems because he is a little bit angsty. Know. Yeah, he has like a lot of insecurities about himself because he's like, I'm evil. I want to be good, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> but Ray is like the only person who just kind of like she thinks that there's hope, you know. Yeah, because there are even a lot of people who are in the fan base who are a lot like me that are just like Kylo is bad. And I still love Kylo. I've shipped Raylo since 2014 when he took off his mask and I saw how beautiful he was and the way they looked at each other. I was like, oh my gosh. Scoff. This is going to (laughs) happen. And I was so satisfied that they finally kissed. I was like, all the years, five years of being told I'm insane. Finally, I was right. Oh but then God. he had to die, and I was because so, he had to give up his life for her, and I was like, "It's beautiful. I love it. So service. symbolic about their love. Like it's canon now. But also, why'd you have to do that to me?" <laughs> you know, I see where you're coming from with that. I just it ticks me <laughs> off because let's just think about this, like ethically speaking, and like what would have happened to example, for example, Anakin and. Ben's and Ben at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Because Anakin went, committed some war crimes. He freaking killed like a thousand Jedi, mm-hmm. murdered some children. Awful, right? Mm-hmm. Kylo's done like roughly the same thing. He's freaking killed the hell out of some people and just done some pretty crazy stuff, mm-hmm. right? What would have like really happened to them after that, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? And think about just, I guess, uh, politically and ethically and even like. I guess religiously speaking with the force and all these other people that would have been talking about this if they would have like lived mm-hmm. because would Anakin like truly been would he have truly been okay after he committed all those like heinous war crimes like yeah we get to see that little redemption thing and then like they died mm-hmm. same thing with him like whenever he like stops being Darth Vader and he starts being Anakin again you know mm-hmm. um would he have been able to come back from that would the galaxy have been okay with that? Would the galaxy and would the rebels been okay with Kylo doing that? You know? That's a good question. And that kind of brings me to the thing with Finn. With Finn, we don't know everything that he committed, you know? Yeah. We don't know all that. It could have been his first time and he could have been, he could have jumped right out and gone straight into being a rebel from just that one failed uh, time whenever he was fighting at war, you know? Mm-hmm. Which does kind of like bother me. A little bit like what would have truly happened to them if they would have survived yeah you know because personally i think it would have gone a little bit something like this they would have been like yeah it's really great that you went and like killed the main bad guy and had a change of heart but like you still committed some heinous crimes Mm -hmm. done a lot of like really messed up things Mm -hmm. in a way i do blame luke 
for how Kylo turned out. Yes. You know, because I think a big part of it is Luke's fault. Mm -hmm. Because if he would have, like, seen that there's probably something fishy going on here. Because in the comics and inside the movie, we see that some sort of storm went and destroyed the Jedi Temple. Mm -hmm. And that totally sucked. And he was like, wow, Ben Solo is way too powerful. And there's darkness in him. I have to take my lightsaber and cut him down. Mm -hmm. In the comics, that was not Ben. That was Palpatine. Palpatine was the one who conjured up that storm and was the one who went and destroyed the whole Jedi Temple and pinned it somehow on Ben. And so that really bothered me that, for one, Luke wasn't able to catch that, Mm -hmm. you know, because Luke is one of the, it was probably, he is the most powerful Jedi in the universe before, you know, he died. (sighs) And that really bothered me a bit because Mm -hmm. as someone in, who, because my favorite episode was probably episode six. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm one of those fans. I was like that too, until, <sighs> until the new you, series. Until the new series. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, really liked seeing that conclusion with Luke, you know, and yeah. I wanted to see Luke grow old and do all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But then whenever I learned about this terrible downfall with them in the sequels, I was like, but Luke already did his crazy thing he already went and fought and he won and he destroyed the empire why is he having to go through this now you know mm-hmm. like if anything i wish they would have done a, a narrative similar to this right mm-hmm. i just wish it would have been different characters that didn't already win yeah because you get to see something happen with luke in a lot of old western because in a lot of old Western movies, you get to see this like outlaw or not outlaw, but like sheriff who was like a freaking bad A dude. He was a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. He killed the hell out of everybody. And now he's trying to get out of doing that, you know? Yeah. But then the call to action comes to him and he doesn't want it. He has everything. He just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. I think it would have been better if like it would have just ended with him in episode six instead of this. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to see him as this guy who's... It ticked me off a little bit in episode eight whenever he got the lightsaber, looked at it, and just heated <laughs> it away. That upset me because I was like, what? No. Don't get me wrong. I love the conclusion in episode yeah. eight. I loved it because fire. Oh, my God. Fire. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. That, that was amazing. He was just standing there. He was like, oh, yeah. I'm still here. I really like yeah. that. I get where you're coming from with Luke and like. I understand, but I also understand the way they wrote Luke, too. So, I think, and, like, this didn't fully click for me until after seeing uh, Rise of Skywalker the second time. Mm -hmm. But remember when Rey comes to Luke and wants to be trained and he, like, sees how force-sensitive and powerful she is... Mm -hmm. And he, and then she gives into the dark side, and he's like, "Don't give into the dark side." And she's like, mm, "I can't, <laughs> I can't not." <laughs> and like, and then uh, he's like, "You didn't even resist. I can't train you." And she's like, "No, but I have to learn." And he says, um, "I've seen this kind of raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me then. It does now." The first time you watch uh, the Last Jedi, um, you assume he's referring to Ben Solo. Because of how powerful Ben Solo is. Oh, is he referring to... to Palpatine. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. That's awesome. <laughs> but, like, think about it. Okay, so, like, when he was younger and he went and he fought the Empire, his biggest fear wasn't the Emperor. The Emperor wasn't the threat. The threat was Darth Vader, his yeah. father, and then his own inner darkness that he had to, like, 
challenge every time he faced him. <coughs> and so even though Palpatine was so powerful, he didn't scare him. Now that he's gone and like there's no dark side and he's like left with only the unbalanced light side, he grows fearsome of that kind of dark side power and how he never was able to actually defeat Palpatine himself. It was Darth Vader that did. You know what? And so when he That's sees fair. that darkness, that palp that like Palpatine's aura, I guess, in Ben Solo, panic mode. You know what? That makes it's a lot of sense. Because it's been so long. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because he was saying like his first instinct was to destroy it. Exactly. You know? And then he knew that was wrong immediately, but That's like That's really cool because this can panic. bring us to our next topic too. Mm-hmm. This brings us right into our next well, topic. Well, let's finish um, the plot. So after oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. after Ben Solo gives up his life for Rey and Rey survives and the First Order is like defeated or everything, uh, Rey ends up going back to Tatooine to Luke's house and she buries uh, Luke and Leia's sabers in the sand and she sees... Um, the force ghosts of Luke and Leia. There's like an old lady that's like, who are you? What's your name? <laughs> what are you doing here? Get yeah. off my lawn! Get off my dirt! And then she tells them, she tells her that she's Rey Skywalker. She's adopted the name Skywalker. Hence, the Rise of Skywalker title is referring to her. So even though she's not a Skywalker by blood, she found that family with them. So she adopts that name because, duh, she's not going to use the name Palpatine. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, like I'm Ray Palpatine. <laughs> Cut the track. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me? And then she pulls out her own lightsaber, which is yellow. I did really love mm, that. I love that. And I don't know if you know, noticed, but... Um, Wasn't it made of her staff? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the handle's made of parts of her staff. You know? So that's super cool. And I really liked that ending. I wish... Anakin was there too. I agree. I, it would have been very cool if he would have been a force mm-hmm. ghost chilling there with him. Yeah. I feel like that would have made it a little more complete. I think seeing Ben Swulo's ghost would have been pretty great too. That would have been great too. Yeah, but we didn't get to see any of that. But which bothered me a bit. I was thinking about it because I was like, oh, why hasn't Ben there? Like, you know, because like, obviously he like dissolved away. He's probably some sort of force ghost. Like, even if he didn't go through the like canon process. Yeah. Like, um, he's so powerful in the force and he's connected to Rey in such yeah, a way. I'm like, why Anakin wouldn't got he to be do there? that at the end of episode six. He didn't yeah. go through that process. Yeah, exactly. Vader didn't. Yeah. And he, became, he, he came back as a force. Yeah, so like, like they, they should have let Ben Solo come back. Like, we should have seen him there. And I was like, why wasn't he there? Like, come on. Yeah. But I was thinking about it and the whole like um, Sith living in Palpatine and striking him down would make them live in her and all of the Jedi are a part of her. Do you her. think Kylo did something like that with the Jedi and I th- himself? I think Kylo's, like, soul, like his essence, lives in Rey now. Yeah, and you know how uh, Palpatine said that it would just, like, make him more powerful? Mm-hmm. You know, that was that kind of ties upon something in episode four, whenever Obi-Wan's like, strike me down and I will become more powerful mm-hmm. than you will ever imagine. Yeah. Was it kind of something like that where he's like... I will give you my essence and my life force. Yeah. You will become more powerful, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking it's kind of like that, and that's why we didn't see him as a force ghost. Because, in a way, Kylo just kind of, like, lived on in her. Yeah, so now, like, if his soul and hers are, like, merged together in one person, they're, like, a perfect balance. 
Is it though? Because let's truly talk about balance of the force. <laughs> Because this kind of ties into what you were saying a little bit ago with Luke, since now there is just only the light side of the force. Mm-hmm. There is more light side of the force than there is dark side of the force. Mm-hmm. If we really think about it, now there is an imbalance in the force because there is no dark side. There's only Rey, you know? And that kind of ties in with me and you wanting Rey to be a gray Jedi because mm-hmm. um, if we look at something I don't think Rey is pure light side. Yeah, I agree. I think... I feel like because obviously... There's no black and white with anything, and I don't like that Star Wars is like, you're either a Jedi or a Sith. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, this kind of ties into the end of Episode 3, because at the end of Episode 3, technically speaking, there was balance in the Force. Yeah. <laughs> There's only two Jedis and two Siths. Yeah. And um, I don't think there was anything like... Yeah, it was awful that he massacred like a bunch of children. and Yeah, and, the, and the Empire was definitely like bad. Yeah. But like... As far as balance in the force? In the force itself and force sensitives, then yeah, there was balance in the force. Um, canon, there was like a few other Jedi, but they weren't even like Jedi anymore. Like we know. Yeah. No, because technically there wasn't Jedi because if the Fallen, if Fallen Order timeline does work, mm-hmm. then there was only three Jedi potentially mm-hmm. because Seer didn't make herself a Jedi at the beginning of it. Yeah. By the end of it, so there was four Jedi and there was two Sith left in the galaxy, Mm -hmm. you know? So technically there isn't balance in the force, Mm -hmm. but the Sith does have more of a prominent grasp on the galaxy with the empire, you know? Mm -hmm. So in a way, I guess it kind of does work. Mm -hmm. Um, And think about all like the just dark side of the force sensitives with the inquisitors in fallen order, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess there was balance in the force, but did Rey like actually bring balance to the force by doing that? Because in a way, she did just kind of tip the scales. Because if she is primarily light, then is there balance well, in the Force? Because we don't have a canon answer if yeah, she's we gray don't. or not. Yeah, we don't. But, like, Ben was primarily. light side who chose dark. She was dark side who chose light. Two of them together, I really like yin that. and yang. That's a good point. And if we do go with the theory that he kind of just lives on within her, uh-huh. then that would, te- that would work. Yeah. You know, one thing that I did really like... Um, yellow lightsaber is really symbolic with something because the yellow lightsaber is this is the color of the guardian, you know, mm-hmm. and she kind of is like the only guardian of the force left yeah. in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that also kind of ties in the something else with at the and spoiler alert for Fallen Order, but at the end of Fallen Order, we talked about this. Um, Freaking Cal, sorry. Mm-hmm. Cal takes that holocron with all the Padawans and potential Force users mm-hmm. that he was going to try and find, and he destroys it and lets the Force choose. Yes. I think that's how the Force should be all the time. I agree. You know, and I don't like that the Jedi Order, and I think one of the reasons why the Jedi Order fell was so there could be balance to the Force, is mm-hmm. there was like thousands upon thousands of Jedi. Yeah. You know, and they were like freaking pumping out like an extra 50 Jedi like every X amount of years and mm-hmm. just gaining more and more, you know? Yeah. I did not quite care for um, that whole thing that the Jedi was doing. And I think the purge that they did on the Jedi was something necessary. Because if we're looking at the Force as some sort of deity, mm-hmm. and if the Force does need to be imbalanced, then there was a pretty big imbalance in the yeah. Force. Because the Republic had a really tight grip on the galaxy, mm-hmm. you know? And... It's really cool because in the comics you learn a lot more about what the Republic was trying to do and what the Droid Federation was and what the Confederation was. Mm-hmm. Because the Confederation 
And the Confederation just didn't want to be a part of the Republic. They yeah. just wanted to, to secede from it. And they wanted planets that wanted to be just their own planet mm-hmm. and kind of have their own thing every once in a while. Mm-hmm. They wanted that. They didn't want to be a part of this galactic, you know, Republic. They wanted to be left alone. And the Republic was like, no, we should all unite as one galaxy under a banner. Mm-hmm. And the Empire wanted the same thing, you know? Yeah. And in a way... The Jedi shouldn't have been sticking their noses in things that they shouldn't have been doing. And the Sith shouldn't do it either, you know? Mm-hmm. That's something that also did bother me. Because it should always... The Force should always decide. It shouldn't be a third party trying to push itself yeah. on them. With the Jedi or whether it be the Sith. Mm-hmm. And with the little conclusion... with Not the little, but with the conclusion at the end of uh, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. It gets to be that, finally. Because... If she does rebuild the order, which I hope she doesn't, you know, I hope she just guides people if they go to her. Mm-hmm. I hope she doesn't seek them out and be like, hey, want to be a Jedi? Yeah. Too bad. You're going to be a Jedi anyway. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because in my opinion, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the reasons why they had the Jedi purge was because the Jedi would go and find babies and be like, hmm, you're a force sensitive little guy. Want to come be a Jedi and abandon everything you know and love as a child? Yeah. <laughs> be a space monk with a laser sword? Yeah. <laughs> because honestly, you brought this up. Who on earth would genuinely want to be a Jedi right now? You'd yeah, have no to one. abandon everything you'd want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great that you could be in the Jedi Temple and do all sorts of crazy meditation and kind of be friends with Jedi, mm-hmm. you know? But in a way, it's not even that good of a thing. No. You know? Mm-hmm. And <sighs> both... I think we're getting ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Because <laughs> we want to debate, like, the Jedi and the Sith in the next episode. Yeah, in the next episode. But, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, but with the with the closing of it, uh-huh. where is it going to go now? What is Rey going to do? And... Yeah. I like that they left it open-ended. And so then I, we can, like, make those headcanons of, like, I think she's not going to reorganize the Jedi. It's going to stay, like chill <laughs> yeah um i'm assuming that since she was such a important figure in the resistance that she will probably get involved with the politics and the rebuilding that happened yeah, after i agree um which i don't think is a good thing for force users to do because the jedi and the sith shouldn't be so involved with politics yeah. but she's such a strong leader that she kind of has to yeah and the thing is like the sith themselves want power so yeah. like, they're going to involve themselves in politics mm-hmm. but yeah from then on it's left open-ended and i really liked that and i actually really while i wish that anakin and ben solo were present at the end as forest ghosts mm-hmm. i am really happy with the ending because a the found family trope is like a big deal in star wars and b it's the signature ending of the hero's journey map because yeah. it goes back to the beginning where it all started. That was like the one yeah, and that's small really part back to the beginning. Yep. Cause that's where the beginning episode started too. Yeah. Like the first one. Yeah. And here we are episode nine, same place. Yeah. What a crazy That's the thing. one thing that like wasn't in the original trilogy that matches the hero's journey because in the end of return of the Jedi, uh, He's on Endor. Like, With the ghosts. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, this is an ending. We're satisfied. Uh, we have a conclusion. But the hero's journey says that 
when you come to your ending, like your real ending, you have to go back to where you started and it has to come full circle. In fact, if you if you look at a diagram of the hero's journey map, it's usually depicted in a circle because <laughs> yeah. you are you are supposed to go back to both the physical and emotional roots of the story. You have to go all the way back to the beginning. And so I love that it was yeah. the call out to the original trilogy as well as the hero's journey like map. I really like that. That <laughs> is a very good point. I wouldn't have thought about that. And I think it's really cool because we also get to see that in episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. We get to see that too because it ends with uh, Obi-Wan delivering the kids, you know? Yes. It ends the same way. So like now we have two of the movies that ended where the original one started mm -hmm. and the original one, all the original one ending on Endor with like partying with a bunch of teddy bears and yeah. dead, dead stormtrooper mm helmets. -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. That's a really good conclusion too. And <clears throat> as much as, because it would have been pretty cool if like Ray would have had a double bladed lightsaber. Yes, I agree. One. Like yeah. we saw some of those concept arts, but I think the fact that she does get the yellow guardian color mm -hmm. is going to be something that I really like. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that I do really dig about the ending with it. So overall impressions of it, I loved it. I do see why some people didn't like it as much and especially the staunch, hardcore Star Wars fans that know all this extended universe stuff and they're like, well, that's not canon, so it's, <laughs> you can't make up force powers. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's not made up. And I, I get that like force heal has been touched upon in the extended universe, the comics and yeah. stuff. But um, because it's only discussed in the canon movies by Palpatine and not actually shown, I'm like, oh, this is this makes sense. This is believable. Yeah. Like, and um, I'm really glad that before I went and saw Rise of Skywalker, originally I was going to watch all of the... Uh, sequel trilogy movies. I was going to watch The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Yeah. But then when me and my sister went and got down to it, I was like, you know what? Actually, I don't really want to watch The Last Jedi right now. I like I like that movie a lot, except for the um, casino part. <laughs> yeah, the casino part is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I love The Last Jedi, except for the casino part. Like, I really, really liked The Last Jedi. But I was like gonna sit down and watch a Star Wars movie because the next day I was gonna go see it and I was like, I don't wanna watch The Last Jedi right now. I wanna watch Revenge of the Sith just because, yeah. That, that one's like, it's the conclusion of the prequel trilogy. We see the rise of Anakin and also in the back of my mind, I had uh, remembered that I think J.J. Abrams said that Ben Solo's and Kylo Ren's story is supposed to be the opposite of Anakin's. So I was like, you know what? We need to watch Anakin's downfall That's so we can really get that opposite. So I'm really glad that I decided to watch uh, Revenge of the Sith instead. I mean, we got all those prequel memes, so I had a grand time. <laughs> the negotiator. And like, got to rewatch the uh, 
Anakin versus Obi Wan battle, which is like the best lightsaber yeah, battle. It is. I mean, the prequels now have the, really good duels. Yeah, they do. And now we've got those really cool like Rey and Kylo Ren like through the Force connection duels. Like yeah. those were really cool those too. Were pretty cool. But um, not only did I get to see the Anakin's fall, which parallels Ben Solo's rise, but we got those Palpatine moments where he's talking about how the dark side of the Force has these unnatural abilities and how you can heal and save your loved ones. Yeah, so was that ability that she used like a dark side ability technically? I think so. Yeah, so that does kind of bring us to what you were saying, how maybe she did like truly bring balance to the Force by having that dark side um, lineage. Yes. But having the light side... Uh, by choice. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. I think that's really that's really cool that you pointed that out mm-hmm. because um, <sighs> yeah. So since I watched that movie, everything kind of like fell into place and was believable for me, even with the brand new Force abilities that haven't really been shown before. I was like, oh wait, this has been mentioned before. This is a thing. It's not too much of a stretch for me. Um, I've heard some people say it was too fast-paced, and I disagree because... I <laughs> people that said it was very fast-paced. I I liked the fast pace. I liked all the action. I thought that... You know, I'm right there with you. The action I thought was great. Yeah. You know, but it's just... In my opinion, the movie felt rushed, mm-hmm. you know? Because I can look at episode six, and episode six still had that, like slow storytelling thing like they had those moments Mm -hmm. where it was just dialogue between like luke and yoda they just had the moments whenever it would be like luke and darth vader talking and they had like build up to it but it was just like boom 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 over and over and over again like whenever we did whenever they did slow down those moments really counted you know yeah and i did like that but it's just there was definitely a lot to take in in the story and there was a lot they had to tell yeah. So, yeah, it was fast-paced and kind of rushed with all of the new content. But I feel like in this day and age, movies have to be fast-paced. And, like, I know the original Star Wars movies were slower. Yeah, but they but had, like, that's just with what they had, you know? Yeah, but if you, like, show the original trilogy of Star Wars to someone our age who's never seen it before, never grown up with it. Yeah. They, they hate it. They're like, this movie's so slow and boring. I don't get why you like it. You know, that's a good point. But like, the thing is that they did have those fast-paced moments. You know, one thing, my least favorite thing about the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and I love... <laughs> I, okay, no, I hate it, but I think it's hilarious because look at the duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode three, mm-hmm. and then in episode four, <laughs> it looks like his freaking lightsaber's gonna go out at any moment, and he's like, <laughs> and then you look at the duel between them, he's like, if you aren't with me, you're my enemy. <laughs> Only a Sith deals in absolutes, and they're jumping all over the yeah. place, and they're having these really intense duels. You get to see that in a lot of the prequels and a lot of the sequels, but in episode, in the original trilogy, we don't get to see a lot of those intense battles. Yeah. The only time we get like a glimpse of that is episode six, <laughs> whenever Luke is like giving in to like a lot of the dark side. And he's mm-hmm. just like hitting him with his green lightsaber yeah, whenever Darth yeah. Vader's down. That was really well done. And that's like a lot of the root of Star Wars that I really like. Episode <laughs> six, in my opinion... Is always going to be one of my favorites. I'd rate episode three next, and then I would most likely rate. I don't know. I, I really liked 
Force Awakens, I did. Mm-hmm. I thought Force Awakens was a good way to open up the uh, next batch of movies. Mm-hmm. I really do. But, like... <sighs> I think um, Empire Strikes Back and Rise of Skywalker are tied for my favorite Star Wars. I really... Why do you like really... Empire Strikes Back so much? Oh, it's so good! I agree, <laughs> but, I agree. Like... It's just... Okay, the second episode of each of the trilogies is always the romance one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. And like, if you follow the model of the, the way the trilogies are set up, the first one is like introducing the hero and whatever war battle is currently going on in their timeline. Yeah, our little junkyard slave, Anakin. Yeah. You know, we have Luke. He wants to go to Jakashi Station and get some power converters. Yeah, and then we've got Ray on digging Jack through Moon. trash. Yeah. Then the second episode is always the romance one. We've got Anakin and Padme. We've got Han and Leia, and we've got Ray and Kylo. Do we have Ray and Kylo? Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. They touched hands through their force. Oh. <laughs> I love how Luke comes in right after they're holding hands. He's like. That's bad. He's like your dad touching you on the phone with a boy. Yeah. Say, who are you talking to? That's bad. I've always found that hilarious because he enters and he's like, no need. And then the third one of the trilogy is always the epic conclusion. Yeah. But yeah, so I love um, the way the romance is set up in Empire Strikes Back between Han and Leia because at first they like hate each other's guts. Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's amazing. And their their banter is so iconic. It is. <laughs> and um just I love you, I know. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, I was watching that documentary that they had on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and they were said they were reshooting that scene over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I love you too. It's just something Han wouldn't say. And then they shot the scene where he was like, I know. And they were like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. That is a really yeah. just iconic mm-hmm. scene, you know. I've always really liked that. When I was in middle school, I really liked Attack of the Clones too because I was like, Anakin and Padme is so cute. And then as an adult going back and watching, I'm like, this is so cringy. You know, there was one thing that I loved at Attack of the Clones because mm-hmm. I was like one of the lucky people that got to watch the original and then got to watch the prequels. Before, you know, just watching it in uh, chronological order, like yeah, some people same. do. I was really lucky to have that. And I remember seeing Yoda, and I was like, well, I want to know how powerful Yoda truly is. Yeah. And then whenever he straight up collapsed, collapsed Count Dooku, I was like, Yoda is the best. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to say this right now. No one's more powerful than Yoda. Yeah. Just facts. Just yeah. facts. Just letting that out yeah. there real quick. I grew up with the originals as well. I We actually had the original trilogy on VHS. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Like before they added the computer effects and re-released them. Yeah. So I, we had like the original originals and then um because revenge of the sith was pg-13 me and my siblings didn't watch the prequel trilogy until we were a little bit older Mm -hmm. um i was like we didn't have a rule against pg-13 my mom was just like "Mm, anakin getting burned alive probably something i don't want my kids to see (laughs) i was watching that whenever i was young because i remember watching that at like nine years old maybe seven i don't know Mm -hmm. and i was like dang he's wispy (laughs) that's bad yeah it didn't affect me that much the one thing that like really did give me nightmare fuel out of like all the star wars movies Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be honest 
Like, whenever freaking uh, Luke got his hand chopped off, that messed me up as a kid. <laughs> but literally, a little bit older, right? Not even a little bit older. I think it was, like, the same month whenever I watched them all. Uh-huh. Watching him get burned alive didn't affect me as much. <laughs> the legs kind of, like, had me messed up. I was like, wow. But I think it was just, like, that whole, like, emotional scene yeah. is what truly affected me. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, I got to see... Anakin and like a bunch of other people get shot with lasers Mm -hmm. but I like saw his hand come off and he was like struggling and whenever you're younger and you're watching Darth Vader you're like he's evil and I'm like wow the evil just won he's and then he threw himself off Mm -hmm. you know that was it you know I was Mm -hmm. crushed I was like the 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 heroes just lost yeah this is awful and I always hated that Uh uh-huh but then he survived and then I got that epic conclusion Mm because you get to see him fall a bit you know in episode five. Mm-hmm. But seeing him rise again and just be such a powerhouse in episode yeah. six, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And can we just touch upon something real quick in episode six, going yeah. back to evil force abilities? Mm-hmm. Dude, he choked those pigmen in episode six. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a dark side yes. thing, you know? Yeah. He he freaking walked up to him and was like, oh, and they're yeah. like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a genuine well, dark side thing. Well, you can see how he's like, struggling with that too just in his costume choices yeah he's wearing nothing but black yeah. you know and i love how we got to see that with ray yeah too. because you had that one scene that we should really touch upon in there is the whole struggle with the ships mm-hmm. and then thinking that she killed chewbacca yes so there was a scene inside the movie and it was whenever they had just escaped those tunnels and she had force healed that snake and that snake was like all right you can leave my house mm-hmm. you know um something that happened in that whole little scene is uh some of the knights of ren and a bunch of other uh first order people had shown up and chewbacca had gotten captured Mm -hmm. and as the ship was escaping ray and kylo were in this struggle and in this struggle they were trying to pull this ship down and one of them was trying to push the ship away Mm -hmm. and a big sith thing is force lightning yeah force lightning is like a it's like a Sith, like, staple, you yeah. know? And Kylo in the scene is definitely provoking Rey and seeing how strong she actually is. Because at this point in the story, since Luke is dead, Kylo Ren is, like, the most powerful Sith um, Force user, like, alive. I mean, we've got Palpatine, but he's, is he alive? Is he really alive? <laughs> is he really alive? Not like, really. Does he count? Yeah. But, like, so he, he's the supreme leader. He's the most powerful Force user right now in that moment Mm -hmm. and he's really provoking Rey seeing how strong she actually is and how far she'll actually go and they're gonna tear this ship apart because he's pushing it away and she's pulling it back and she seems to get the upper hand for a little bit because she's pulling it down but then he's they just have it like at a standstill basically because then he starts pushing it even more um, something that ends up happening a little bit after that, uh, whenever they're in this, is they're still having that whole, I'm going to pull the ship down. No, I'm trying to yeet it away. Mm-hmm. Ray does something that is really cool because we haven't seen somebody who's on the light side of the force do this before. Mm-hmm. And there's only one other person, two other people actually, because I believe Count Dooku did force lightning in episode two as well. Did he? I don't remember. I can't remember either, but no one else besides Palpatine was able to do force lightning and Ray did force lightning. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and I was like, holy smokes, that's awesome. Yeah, I was like, oh, Yeah, what? I know. I thought that was so cool. But then it sunk in that Chewbacca was on that ship and I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> but I thought about it and I was yeah. like, Chewbacca ain't dead. Yeah, Chewbacca wasn't on that ship. Yeah, they he wouldn't wasn't do on that it. to us. Yeah. Ugh. 
But I thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. because you get to see these Jedi's use these dark force abilities. Yeah. You know, and dang it, I really want to get into the force debate already. Okay, <laughs> we will. We're we almost will, done. We but with that in mind, that does relate back to what you were saying, how she could easily have the force at balance because she has dark side lineage, but she has right to light side choices. Mm-hmm. So the force is technically at balance because she can still do those like evil force things mm-hmm. and she can have that journey back. She, yeah. can, she doesn't have to submit to just the dark side by using the dark side of the force and using those dark side yeah. abilities. So I do think, yes, there is mm-hmm. balance of the force because of that. Yeah. Because we even get to see that with Luke using the force choke, mm-hmm. you know, we, we see that happen too. And Anakin, well, Anakin was pretty evil by then too. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, yeah, he was a Jedi and I was like, was he a Jedi? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> probably yeah. not. Probably not. The other thing I just really loved that Rise of Skywalker did was finally getting the Ben Solo redemption because I know everyone says I'm crazy because I love Kylo Ren and I've been shipping Raylo this whole time. So definitely I have that satisfaction of finally being right. <laughs> but the redemption arc story is something that I think hits home with a lot of people and I think is a really powerful story. And so I really liked finally seeing it. And I had been like, you know, on the edge of my seat, I had seen the foreshadowing and the the hints that uh, Ben had a chance for uh, redemption and that um, he was still really struggling with the dark side of the force. And more than anything, like I said before, um, he was just insecure and that's what really drove him down the dark side because no one actually like trusted or believed in him Mm -hmm. and seeing Luke over his bed with the lightsaber activated that's what really pushed him over the edge you know to go full send into the dark side you know I love how you say full send (laughs) I've been hanging around Scotty too much that's awesome that's the best that's pretty good man yeah because in a way it was just like well if you were all thinking that I'm evil then I'm just gonna be evil yeah you know Mm -hmm. and he felt so insecure about it he was like well fine if you guys think that I'm this way then I'll be this way yeah because he's just he's a very emotionally sensitive person yeah and neither the Jedi or the Sith are good at dealing with emotions yeah and so since he didn't have that support like of course he's gonna go for the side that's offering him more and yeah. not, isn't going to Rey restrict does him. does a fantastic job of dealing with emotions. Yes, she does. She does. A great job. She's Kylo's incredible. the opposite. He's yeah. like, I'm either going to bury all of my emotions or I'm going to embrace them and make them toxic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ray is just like, you know, dang, this kind of sucks, but I'm going to yeah. deal with this healthily. But seeing that like redemption arc, I thought was really cool. Cause like, I don't think that anybody like has passed a point of no return, you know, even in, fiction like there's always like as long as you're still alive there's still a chance to make better choices you know Mm -hmm. and so i loved finally seeing that redemption arc for him and i really wish he had lived because that would have been a much more powerful statement about redemption and that you could still make good choices and you don't have to die to be redeemed because we had the anakin redemption arc and he died yeah. and you're like okay yeah he did uh yeah we, you you're know. like yeah he's done a lot of bad but he you know made it the right choice in the end fulfilled the prophecy and you're like okay and he died yeah technically he was the one who did bring balance to the yeah because so he you're was like the one who well this kind of bothered me because i want to talk about one thing real quick 
So, to everybody listening, this is just going to be a little fireside chat. Palpatine was thrown off into an abyss, and at the bottom of the abyss, exploded. Then, a good 15 minutes later, (laughs) the Death Star exploded. It was a very large explosion. As you know, the Death Star is about the size of of a moon. And, uh, he somehow survived that. So, me as a fan, it would be great to find out how he met Ray's grandmother, but I would like to well, know how he survived. Well, reading into that a little bit, he had, like, all of those, like, weird, like, clone, clone things. things on Exegol. Yeah, and when did those clone things become a thing is where, what my question is. Did it, were one of those clones like him? I'm thinking, yeah. Like, that would explain... How he survived. You know, inside the books, that's actually a canon thing that happens in the books, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember whose kids all have to do it, but uh, they have to go and, like, kill mm-hmm. Palpatine's clone because he comes back. And he's honest. It's really cool because I do believe he's, like, younger and, like, in his prime mm-hmm. instead of some, like, gross old man. <laughs> I think he's actually in, like, his mid-20s and he's, like, kind of freaking bad A dude, you know? And, like, we see how powerful he is and episode three whatever yeah. he does like a freaking 920 freaking yeah. spin and makes yes. an ungodly scream kills two <laughs> jedi he's a pretty powerful dude yeah that's my favorite scene <laughs> because i was like dang <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome dude i wish i could have seen a, like a really intense mm-hmm. duel like that again yeah you know i think I don't know, this is just a question uh, for you, but what's your favorite, like, fight in all of Star Wars? Hmm. That's a good question. Dude, Yoda versus Palpatine is the best. Because Yoda is such a powerhouse, too, because he's, like, (laughs) jumping all over the place. I would have to say it's a tie between uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan and uh, Rey and Kylo versus the red guards in that was pretty the last good Jedi. that yeah. whole scene with the red guards is pretty awesome yeah i'll be the first to admit that the ray and kylo battle scenes in general are always really interesting because kylo fights so composed and so in control like a jedi yeah, it's like stylistically so much, like, and ray's so like rage like and that brings us back to what yes. we were saying how mm-hmm. uh dark side yeah lineage Light side choices. Exactly. Yeah. And if you pay attention in the battle on the Death Star ruins, when uh, Kylo's kind of taunting her and she's like, you're going to come and you're going to be the ruler with me. The only way you're going to get Exegol is with me, with my uh, Sith Wayfinder, because I know where Exegol is. And she's like, no, I'm not going to be a dark side. (laughs) But she's fighting with so much dark side energy. And and then she ends up stabbing If you watch, if you pay attention, Kylo Ren never strikes her. He's only blocking. Yeah, he's always on the defensive. In that moment. I would agree. That's kind of the opposite. Like what you were saying, Mm -hmm. Kylo Ren. He's somebody who has light side lineage. Yeah. But dark side choices. Exactly. I think that's really cool that you bring that up. Yeah. Um, The reason I like um, Anakin versus Obi-Wan so much is because of the dialogue. I agree. Like, it's it's a very well-staged and visually appealing battle as well. Um, but all of Kylo and Rey's battles are, like, 
just straight up battle. Like they don't like talk that much unless Kyle's like doing his little tidbits of like taunting her. Like you need a teacher. I'll teach you in the force and yeah. you're coming to Exegol with me. <laughs> like or whatever. And she's like, no, I'm <laughs> like, not doing this. But um while like Anakin versus Obi-Wan is so like visually stunning as well. It's the dialogue that hits home for me. I agree. And I always like that about episode three. It's because it is like such an emotionally mm-hmm. high part of the entire series yeah. because you are my brother. I, oh, I love it every yeah, time. Like, know. I know it's a meme and it's a joke, but at the same time, it, mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, it hurts every time. Theme, you know? Like if we're talking about it, you can laugh about it. But like when I'm watching it, I'm like, why would you do that to me? Why would you do that to me? Yeah, that whole scene is just a whole... Everything about that's crazy. It, and, you know, since I'm a writer, like, it's so well written. It is. Like, Ugh. oh my goodness. Like, I aspire to create scenes like that. <laughs> I agree. That was just so extremely well done. And, I don't know. Which finishing duel do you think was the best in all the series? Because, like, it's the last episode, like, biggest duel. Because, honestly, let's just agree. Revenge of the Sith has the best ending duel. It does, you know? I think out of, like, the middle movies, which one has, like, the best middle movie, you know? Because, like, Empire, you know, this Empire Strikes Back. Attack of the Clones is flat the worst. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, let's be honest. I love the music from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, me too. And the music from episode one, Phantom Menace, is really Mm -hmm. good, too. Like, Duel of Fates. Yeah. Excellent, excellent Mm -hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Here, let's just come to yeah. a little. Let's, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Overall impressions of Rise of Skywalker. I would give it a seven out of ten because no matter what, I feel like it was rushed. I liked the content in it. The battle scenes, in my opinion, were pretty good. Uh, but I just I wasn't very hip with just how fast it was rushed. I loved the ending. Um, I was satisfied that Kylo died because. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like Kylo, I really do, and I, I think it was cool that he made that little transitioning. I I think that that scene, whenever she puts the lightsaber behind her back and mm-hmm. then Kylo has it, yeah. it's going to be one of the best scenes of all time. You know, mm-hmm. That whole thing that they had going on right there was amazing. It's always going to yeah. be cool, you know? But um, one thing that I didn't quite care for in the movies was like I said how fast based it was and how many characters they included yeah they added like so much into it and we didn't get to see some conclusions with things like I said one thing that I was very confused about Mm -hmm. as someone who was viewing the movie and maybe it's just because I'm a little slow Mm -hmm. but I like I said just I was so confused as to what was going on with Finn Mm -hmm. uh I don't know why they added what's your name Poe's weird love interest yeah you know because I'm like I'm a Finn Poe type of guy yeah you know (laughs) so I don't know why she was added Babu Frick (laughs) bro Babu Frick made that movie a seven out of ten (laughs) I love him I was like this is cool and he shows him at the end and he's like (laughs) that was awesome I really thought I, one part that really hit home for me at the end of that movie was uh, whenever they have to make C-3PO translate and he, he has to lose some of his memories, mm-hmm. that hit home. Yeah. Because, dude, uh, I thought I was actually going to lose him. And, yeah. Like, he wouldn't remember his friends. And, like, I want to make fun of C-3PO. I really do. Yeah. You know? I love making fun of C-3PO. Yeah. 
<laughs> all nine movies are just about a generations of people making fun of C-3PO yep. and C-3PO mm-hmm. dying. I'm using air quotations. Dying that way would have made me big sad. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. What was yeah. your take on it? I would give it a 9 out of 10. Really? I think I would go for really 10 enjoyed it. The only reason it's not a 10 out of 10 is because of the extra girls they added with no character development and no yeah, you couldn't get emotional backstory. Yeah, they were just kind of there. I was like, "Hello, who are you? Where did you come from?" And like I felt like because they had no other purpose to the plot other than being love interests and I'm putting air quotes around love interests. <laughs> I'm like there's no chemistry here. And so I can't get behind this. And we have like all these established relationships already that would work so much better. Poe and Finn. Either either Poe and Finn or Finn and Rose. Which I know people don't like Rose, but like they had more chemistry than the other girls. Did. I agree. So like, yeah. I don't understand why they were just thrown in there just like, by the way, they're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think my favorite ship is a Babu Frick with Bounty Hunter Girl. That would work out. <laughs> <laughs> with the other girl, Babu Frick and that girl that Poe knew. Yeah. I don't even remember her name because mm-hmm. she was just so irrelevant for me. Yeah, that, exactly. That's my favorite ship. Yeah. I ship but, that. But yeah, I, other than that, I love, I was, I was cool with the pacing. I caught on to a lot of the subtle things, so I was okay with the pacing. And the action, wait, the way it was staged. Yeah, the action was um, very well. The redemption done. arc, all of it, Ray's development, I thought it was wonderful. You know, one thing that did make me cheer up was all the ships showing up at the end. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Me too, I was like, I'm yeah. Glad the galaxy's uniting to destroy the yeah. First Order. I love that. Mm-hmm. That is something I genuinely love. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably my like favorite part of the conclusion. Yeah. You know, that and base boosted Pemper Palpatine. <laughs> and that is all I have to say about that. Okay, so that was our review for Rise of Skywalker. And in the next episode, we're going to really dive into the Jedi, the Sith, the light and dark side of the Force, and discuss some of the more, like, intricacies of the story. Instead of reviewing Rise of Skywalker, we're going to get into more, like, theoretical stuff. Some, you know, things that aren't explicitly said in the movies. Yeah, there's a lot of things that kind of blurred lines. Yeah. And I want to go and talk about that. Mm-hmm. And are we going to be finally having a little debate yes. that I've been looking forward to yes. about the Jedi and Sith Order? Yes. And why I think they're both the worst. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Let's have some pizza. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs>